We believe that wealth is a journey and that this is your jumpstart to trading success. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Traders Mind Chat show. I am joined, of course, by our lovely Melissa. And uh, today we have a very, very special guest joining us today, uh, Richard Moglin. Uh, you likely have heard him all over uh, financial uh, social media and all the places. I, I am super impressed with what Richard uh, has put together in just two short years, two short years. Hey, here's some of what, what is on uh, this man's resume. Over 300 YouTube videos, pure fire content. Uh, go check it out. Uh, he's interviewed some of the top names uh, in the industry, many U.S. investing championship, um, U.S. and champions, including uh, Leif Serede, including Mark Minervini, including Oliver Kell, and a number of others. He also just finished hosting the two-day stock uh, conference by Trader Lion. And geez, well, well, what does this man have, hasn't done? It, it's, a, it's absolutely incredible. Richard, uh, appreciate you taking the time and joining us here today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, uh, both Michael and Melissa. It's great to have uh, to be on the show. I've, I've watched a few of them previously. Um, always a fan of the Jim Ropel interviews. I thought you did a great job as well with that. And uh, yeah, thank, thanks, thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, the way that, that it's going to work, um, uh, we're going to have a little bit of an interview here. Uh, sure. uh, Melissa is going to do the, the Q&A at the end. So everybody that's here that's joining us live, please go ahead, type your questions in, and then we'll get to the questions and do a full-on Q&A uh, at the end. But, uh, but Richard, yeah, I, I'd love to, to hear a little bit more about your background and to, to start to hear, to, to hear about why you do what you do. Like, well, what got you into to publishing all this great stuff? And uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so basically, it all started um, back when I was, I was going to the University of Maryland. And my major is actually mechanical engineering, so not finance related at all. Um, but basically what happened is um, I had heard about through the forums there, when everybody's, when everybody's looking for classes, there's, there's forums floating around and reviews and all that. And I heard about this fantastic class called um, An Introduction to Investing in the Stock Market taught by Dr. Eric Wish. And um, the reviews were off the charts. People were saying this changed their lives. It was the best class they, they had ever taken. And um, I had a free slot and I decided to, to learn more about it. I, I was interested in investing, but I knew nothing. I didn't know what an ETF stood for. I didn't know what the spy was. Um, I didn't know how to trade at all, what a brokerage was. So I was completely new, but basically I decided to take this class and starting from the first day, um, I think I took more notes that first day than I have in like all my engineering classes in a week that, that, that first <laughs> week of, uh, of school. So, um, uh, Dr. Wish is an incredible teacher. He he's on Twitter at Wishing Wealth, and he was also just a presenter at at the the conference I just hosted that Michael mentioned. Um, the the Trader Line two day conference. We had a ton of fantastic speakers. So if you haven't checked that out, it's a it's a really great resource in my opinion. Uh, but he gave a a kick ass presentation, and um, yeah, that that class was basically a crash course in investing, um, Roth IRAs, financial literacy, and 
Dr. Wish's style is can slim base. He's been doing that for over 50 years, part-time. Um, super knowledgeable guy, friends with Mark Minervini, went to his seminar. Um, Mark has, has supported the class and, and helped us out in tremendous ways. We had guest speakers, uh, Arusha from Marketsmith come. Um, so it's a tremendous class. And I basically, yeah, I, I feel very lucky and privileged to have, have gotten the chance to do that. And um, part of the class is actually a trading simulation. So before we can trade, we actually have to fill out um, and write our own buy and sell rules, market condition rules, be, and be basically approved by Dr. Wish before we can trade. So we have to really have an exhaustive list of rules that we can, we have to abide by. And then we have the trading simulation. We, we learn about how to actually buy and sell. And then the final report, the end of the class, the culmination of everything is a final report where we go through analyze our trading. What do we do right? What do we do wrong? What are our summary statistics, our batting average, average gain, average loss? And um, how are we going to change things if we do decide to invest in the future? So an awesome class. And I loved it so much that um, I was basically a TA and helping out the next three semesters. So I took the class four times in two years, um, helping teach other people. And um, yeah, I, I've always been, um, I've always liked teaching. I'm, I'm I've done a soccer coaching on the side. So um, I've always enjoyed that and helping other people learn skills. And I decided to make a YouTube channel to help um, share what I've learned from that class, from books I've attended, from seminars, from uh, videos like what you put out, and um, and also like the Investing with IBD podcast, I think is fantastic. Um, and yeah, I think the best way to learn for yourself is also to try to teach others. So um, it's a little bit selfish as well. I know that making the videos every day, every weekend um, help me, uh, helps me as well become a better trader and investor. So that's a little bit about why I do it. And in fact, um, a good friend of mine just texted me the other day that uh, they just started a Roth IRA and they wanted some advice. So it's so cool to be able to share with people my own age who aren't always as knowledgeable about Roth IRAs, financial literacy things. It's so cool to be able to help them out as well. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about my background and uh, kind of the why I, I make um, this content and, and share on YouTube and Twitter, especially. This is incredible. I can't believe this was a class. It wasn't even a prerequisite. It was a class that you wanted to take at your university. I was thinking back in my my days at school where I think the only investment class was like, get a newspaper. Did it go up? Did it go down? You had all these guest speakers. What an incredible experience for you to have um, right up front in college. Yeah, no, it, it, I feel very lucky. And, and Dr. Wish, as I've said a few times, great speaker. Go ahead and listen to his presentation at the Trailline Conference. Um, it, you'll you'll be blown away. He, he's He's been doing it for years and uh, teaching that class for over a decade. And it, it's a really special class. Yeah, well, the whole conference was outstanding. I, I watched the, the entire thing, uh, a few of the presentations uh, more than once. Uh, they did a good, incredible job. You did an incredible job. Uh, how did you that like? How did all that come together? come together? Yeah, it it was basically it was an idea we'd had um, early on in the year to to try to do a conference. Um, and um, yeah, we we basically reached out to people we we talked to before and and worked with and and just were friends with um, if they'd like to do it. Um, and we're, we're lucky with social media to have access to uh, to instantly message somebody if they, you've got a question about stock or whatever. And uh, all the presenters did a fantastic job. Uh, but yeah, basically we, we messaged people, got got our speaker lineup, 
and um i was running the overlays in obs doing all the streaming things we had ray in the background helping out with um guest management having somebody enter while somebody leaves and um graphics people work on the background as well to to make sure that everything looks good so um yeah it, it was a it was a huge team project and um really happy with how everything turned out um it definitely was a marathon of two days i gotta say um maybe in the future we'll spread it out over three days instead of doing um eight speakers on day one eight speakers on day two uh because that definitely that that was a little long for people but yeah the the comments and feedback we've gotten gotten about it is fantastic and and everything can be found for free on the trailer line youtube youtube channel so go ahead and uh just in the youtube search bar type trailer line trading conference and everything should pop up day one day two and now we're uploading each each presentation as its own standalone video so if you don't want to watch the whole um 10 11 hour live stream you can you can find each of the videos individually and yeah i, I think it's a tremendous resource and definitely worth checking out so after speaking with so many championship level traders, so, uh, so many so many great people in the financial education space, so what are some of the commonalities uh, that you've seen among them? Uh, yeah, like, that, well, like well, what are well, like yeah, yeah like top uh, top five? Top sure. Five um, I don't know. I've got top. Five. I've got a list here, but um, I, I think it's first of all the 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 biggest thing that I think all of them share is their optimism and discipline and um, just passion for investing, trading, whatever their style is. I think in order to get anywhere, you really have to be able to dedicate yourself to, to trading or investing and passion. If you're not passionate about this, you're not going to be interested enough to, to manage those downturns. And, and when you face a little bit of adversity to be able to push through. So um, everybody who I met, uh, first of all, they're, they're all super generous people. Everybody who I've had on on my podcast, the the market chat on my channel, as well as at the Trailline Co Conference, are super passionate and super giving and um, optimistic as well, which I think you have to be to to be in the market in the long term. Um, I think uh, another common commonality that a lot of them share is just dedication and and years really of experience, seat time, as well as studying and developing their own edges. I mean, a lot of the people I, I've I've interviewed have started investing and gotten interested in this in the late 90s so they basically had two two and change decades of experience on following the leaders finding what's what works for them what setups work for them how do different market conditions come into play so they've put in that time and and done the work and now um when the markets are cooperative they can really push their accounts to the limit and really perform and, and outperform the market to to a huge degree so I think experience and seat time is just something that comes comes with it. But I think we as as newer traders, uh, we have access to so many resources now that can really speed up our learning curves. Back then, they didn't have YouTube, Twitter, people sharing charts, setups, all of that. So I think we're really pri privileged to be able to learn from a lot of these people. Um, and there are just so many top traders who are willing to share. So that's definitely one thing. Um, I think... A lot of the people I've, who I've interviewed are technical analysis based. You mentioned the U.S. investing champions, Leif and and Oliver. Uh, they are they are fantastic technicians here, and they really have studied their patterns that they follow. They've they've developed they've basically developed their own vocabulary methodology, and they found super powerful patterns that they can just um, they can just basically use over and over again. And either they they basically enter a high potential stock 
or they get stopped out with a very small loss to keep that risk management in check. So I think um, a lot of the, the best traders I've had are ex very experienced technicians and are really knowledgeable about how to read charts. Um, the other thing I think is, which is one of the most important thing, I, I, talk, I touched on optimism a little bit earlier and discipline. Um, mindset, I think, is a huge thing. I know you've written a book about it, uh, so I, I think that's fantastic. I think all these people have such a strong mindset. They're able to weather the downturns, the corrections, the pullbacks, um, whatever happens. And they're, they're able to keep, keep the bigger picture in view, know when to get in cash, uh, know when to step back from the market and kind of de-stress. And yeah, they're, they're just super knowledgeable and, and aware of how their, own how their own feelings interplay with trading and, and when to take a step back if you're over trading, stressing too much. And I think that's super important. Um, also, a lot of them share a very disciplined weekend and daily routines where they basically set themselves up for success during the week because they're not going out on Twitter and, and seeing what this person is posting, uh, saying this stock is, is up 50% and going out and buying shares. No, they're, they're putting in the work on the weekends, finding those high potential setups and stocks and know exactly what they're going to buy, uh, when they're going to buy it, what is the setup, how much are they going to risk on any one trade. And that way, they're not calling audibles. That's what Mark Minervini calls it. They're not calling audibles during the day. Uh, they put in the work themselves um, to find those great low-risk, um, high-reward potential setups. Um, and then they just ha basically have to ex execute their plan during the trading day. Um, yeah, lastly, I think uh, they're very in tune with market conditions. Uh, so Oliver has developed his own methodology based on um, the, the 20 a couple different moving averages and he basically analyzed the market and if the market's not right i mean he's not really going to press it and they're also very in tune with how the market leaders um are performing in the market which often gives a hint about what the market is going to do next so i think those are a few things that i i've noticed from my interviews uh with the u.s investment champions um hedge fund managers portfolio managers and um yeah i think there's just a lot of things we can learn from those interviews which are on my channel as well as at the trade line conference. So um, yeah, any, any follow-up questions on that and kind of what I've learned from uh, yeah. Doing all those interviews. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've got a, a few of them. Sure. Um, it, so uh, first question uh, back to uh, what I believe was number four, uh, sure. when you said that uh, the champs were the TA based technical analysis yeah. based that uh, how many setups uh, did each one of them have? Uh, like, are they right. trading like uh, dozens of setups, uh, like a small handful? Uh, is it common? Is it not? Like, well, yeah, great question. So, Leif, the U.S. investing champion of 2019, his specialty, and people know him know him as this, is the the high type flag guy. So he's he's fantastic at as I as um at basically capitalizing on that one specific setup which doesn't always occur in the market. There's not always setups like that. So um, yeah, he's really good at reading that particular chart pattern and really taking full advantage of that. Um, Oliver has a few different setups and, and he'll, major, he'll manage a trade differently um, depending on kind of what setup he's using. Uh, and he outlines, all, he just released a book that I think is f fantastic, Victory in Stock Trading, where he basically outlines his entire strategy. And um, yeah, definitely worth a read. And he really goes into great detail there. Uh, but he also talks about it in, um, I've got an interview on my channel with him. Uh, Jack Alphachars has a great interview as well. Um, but yeah, it, he's super giving with his, nothing's really a secret. 
And uh, yeah, both of them really focus on specific things. And I think only want just a handful of patterns. They're not going out and buying every stock based on any given pattern. Everything has to line up um, based on their experience and what they're really good at and are knowledgeable about. Yeah, fantastic. Um, uh, you had mentioned uh, market conditions uh, yeah. as well. And so uh, when they're considering market conditions, they're, they're considering market conditions as a, as a whole, as it relates to their system, a blend of both. Uh, so um, Mark Minervini talks about this a lot. He talks about the goal of the trader is to perform really well when the market conditions are good, when everything's in uptrends, when setups are working and breakouts are happening all over. And then once the tides basically turn, you basically want to go flat. You don't want to decline too much from your peaks. You want to really work hard to keep that equity line pretty much flat. So you want to stair step up. Um, and both Leif and Oliver, I think, follow that same type of, um, of uh, strategy. Basically, they're, they're pressing things when their type of work, when their type of, type of setups are working really well and they're seeing a lot of opportunities and a lot of um, similar setups that are working. And then mm -hmm. once things start to turn and things get extended and the conditions change, they're really scaling back. I know Leif has his own um, his own market timing signal, and it'll either be a green or a yellow or a red. And depending on that, he's he's managing risk differently, he's position sizing differently, and he, he's just trading a lot smaller when the market conditions aren't right. So I think that's a big key. Press, press things when things are working and scale back as a trader uh, when your recent trades haven't worked, um, the market leaders are breaking key moving averages and falling apart, and um, the overall indexes are showing a lot of distribution. Do you think that that's part of the X factor of having uh, a small yeah. handful of setups that you know intimately well, so that way you know when uh, the market condition is right for them versus having, say, a dozen different setups and you're seeing uh, a bunch of them at different times and then it, it kind of leads to, to confusion? No, I, I completely agree. And this is something I've learned over the past year or so. Uh, the more you can narrow your focus onto just a select select handful of high high potential stocks and high potential setups, uh, the better you are at, at capitalizing on those setups because you're not distracted by alert going off here, an alert going off here. You're you're really focused on your plan, your own trading. And I think in the age of social media, we get so much noise every day um, about this stock breaking out. Um, that I think we really have to ignore. I, I know Mark Minervini is not on Twitter during the trading day watching what people are posting on Twitter. He's focused on what he's doing, and that's mm -hmm. why he's he's doing incredibly well in the, in the U.S. Investing Championship this year um, because he's so focused on his performance and his type of setups only. I, th I think that's really a key. I, I completely agree. Yeah, I think he's up something like 200% uh, yep. plus the last he posted kind of incredible for only six months. For sure. Um, I'm curious to hear, well, what are, what are some of your favorite type of setups? Just to, to be off right. a, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So what I really like is, um, so for just for time frame, I'm a swing position trader, can slim base, that's my foundation. And what I've really been focused on is as the stock is moving up the right side of an early stage base, so a first or second stage, I like to buy breakouts of tightness. So we, we call that consolidation pivots at trailer line. So um, I like to try to get in at some alternate pivots within the right side of a base. 
and then potentially add on the final breakout. So that's kind of my go-to. And then as well, when a stock forms a little bit of a shelf, um, whether it's a, it's a three weeks tight after it's broken out of a base, it's a pullback on low relative volume to the 21 EMA, the 50 SMA, um, I'll look to add as it confirms off that potential area of support. So um, yeah, just, just moving up the right side of the base, I like to try to um, accumulate a high potential stock in my view. And, um, and I also like to look at IPO bases. I think those are big ones. And I just did an interview with Greg Morton that will be coming out this week on my channel. And, and yeah, he's really, he's done a ton of research there and, and shown the, the high potential of IPO bases. So that's going to be a new area of focus for me. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I'm curious to hear too, uh, when you're learning something new, uh, yeah. like a, like this new type of setup, how, how much time do you give yourself to learn that well, one thing and focus on that one thing? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, obviously, you don't go ahead and, and put your full account in, in the next IPO base breakout. That's not the way to go. Uh, you got to tiptoe into it and, and really do your homework. And um, th there's a ton of resources out there. The, the, the Trailline model books have a ton of base breakouts. So when I learn something new, when, when Ray or Ross, who I work with at Trailline, mentioned something, um, I go back and look at some model books, look at some previous previous examples. If I know a stock like like Google had the textbook IPO base, I'll go back and study that and um, see what it looked like in real time, both in terms of price and volume, and kind of go bar by bar and see how I personally would have traded it. And then based on feedback from, from that kind of... Um, that practice, I might change my rules and and tweak how I would approach something. And um, in terms of IPO bases, there's also a great resource, uh, the Lifecycle Trade by Eve Bobak and Kathy Donnelly, as well as Eric Kroll um, and and uh, and the other authors. And they did a fantastic job breaking down the, the statistics uh, that come with IPO bases and and different rule sets as well to trade them. So yeah, I, I think once you hear about something, uh, look out for resources available on YouTube, book format. And um, yeah, just do a lot of practice before obviously diving, diving all the way in. You, do, you never want to do that on a new setup. And um, obviously, to manage risk, you never want to be completely in one stock if that's not your style. So yeah, I, I think with anything new, um, take a little bit of time and do, your, do, your, do some practice before um, really applying it to, your, to the majority of your capital, I would say. Yeah, uh, for sure. I uh, couldn't agree more well with that statement. Um, well, in the, uh, in the seven things uh, that you mentioned, I, I, I jotted down seven, it could be, uh, maybe a one or two more if you break it out in there, but, mm -hmm. um, of the, of what you mentioned, uh, I think, uh, I would say that five of them are mindset related, right? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, optimism, generosity, uh, experience, uh, like mindset in itself, uh, discipline, uh, like all that falls into the category uh, of uh, what I would consider mindset. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, uh, you had mentioned it at the beginning that you're very fortunate to have kind of started off uh, with Dr. Wish uh, and uh, geez, uh, like I think back to, uh, to my own uh, financial uh, education, uh, like uh, I, <laughs> similar to Melissa, I did not learn anything like that in, uh, in school. Most of the stuff I ended up learning on my own and then, eventually uh, finding uh, IBD and IBD meetups. And that was a great experience. But uh, I'm, I'm curious uh, to hear from you, uh, for those of us that um, want to begin to adopt uh, a better mindset and 
uh, and everything that, that you've shared with us. Well, what are, you, what are some of the ways that you think will, will be great for people to, to go about doing so? Uh, YouTube channel, of course. Well, what are some other ways that people could start to immerse and get themselves around and build their environment uh, to foster a, a great mindset? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, there's some great books, Trading in the Zone. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the mindset is, is a tough one because uh, not many people seem to talk about that too much. I, I've seen in, in, in some interviews, uh, Joe Fami, who I've had on my channel, talked about it a lot. And uh, it's a really important thing, but it's not often talked about it. Um, how I kind of approach things is everything is kind of a learning experience. So um, I, I, I really enjoy learning. Um, I, I've I've been a student. I, I love learning new things, sports especially. I just I just learned axe throwing last week, so that was a lot of fun. Axe throwing? Um, axe throwing, yeah. Um, oh my god, we got to talk about that's that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but when when something happens and and something doesn't go your way, you have to take a step back and realize where you are, kind of in the learning process, and take everything as a learning experience. If it doesn't if it doesn't go your way, I mean, um, when I was axe, thro axe throwing, the first. Um, I don't know, 100 throws, they didn't, they didn't stick in the boards, they bounced off and, and um, yeah, it didn't go the way I, I figured I'd just be able to do it first time, right. Um, but instead, you have to realize kind of what you're doing wrong. Are you not throwing it straight? Um, are you over rotating? Should you take a step back, step forward? So instead of saying I should be a great trader right away, I think an important thing is to take a step back realize that's going to take some time. It's going to take some time to just learn the basics, the vocabulary. Uh, what is a chart? How do you use a chart? Um, I mean, people spend their whole lives tuning their technical analysis and their process, which I think is the perfect way to go. So I think with everything that happens, if you suffer a bad, bad trade, like I, I got stuck in, in Fastly for, for, I, I just lost a lot of profits. I didn't, I didn't suffer a huge loss, but I brought, I gave back a lot of profits last year on Fastly on one of those gap downs. And you just have to take everything as a learning experience. What did you do right? What did you do wrong? And how can you tweak your rules to basically do a little bit better next time and, and slowly, um, basically incremental pro progress and, and just slowly get better over and over time. And eventually, I mean, you will get to that level. You'll always be learning, but you'll get to a level and, and just continuously improve and, and get better with every market cycle. So I think approach everything as a student, approach failures as learning experiences. I think that that's the best way to go. You said something very interesting in there too, and it's related to that, like a, the learning experience and I think the amount of time that it takes to achieve uh, incredible success. And uh, watching the, the people uh, on your channel and while watching other people uh, on social media, it's so easy to, to see the, the highlight reel uh, of, you know, the 100% uh, annual returns, 200%, 1,000% uh, uh, like Oliver. Uh, how long or what was the shortest period of any of the guests that, that, that you've spoken to, uh, to to achieve that level of success? Right. I, I think that's a good question. Um, I'm not, I don't have a definitive answer for you, but all of them have really spent like, like years doing this and fine tuning their craft at the very least. I don't, I don't think trading is something you can come in and in, in one month you can become a master at it. I think it does really take some time. And um, yeah, I, I don't have a great answer for you, but I, I think just this, the long and short of it is that um, yeah, it, it takes time. It takes practice and and uh, the more the more you dedicate yourself and 
basically approach every failure, every loss as a learning experience, I think the faster it can go. But um, everybody who I've interviewed has really mentioned how, how about how they still make mistakes all the time, uh, just at their level, they're, they know when they've made a mistake very quickly and they rectify it as quickly as possible. Um, so I think that's a big key as well. You're going to make mistakes throughout your training career. Um, nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. But the quicker you can recognize that you have made a mistake, um, the quicker you can uh, rectify it and, and hopefully lose as little co capital in the process as possible. Yeah, I think so many people, uh, so many new traders come to this game and they think that, yeah, I, I want to make 100% uh, uh, annual returns too. And think that it's going to happen over a couple of months that they'll get to that level. Yeah. Just, uh, it, yeah. Well, like it's unrealistic. From, yeah. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Uh, so out of, uh, out of all the people that, that you've interviewed, that none of them have done it in a couple of months. No, for sure. It, it's not. all been several years. Uh, same thing for, for me as well. Um, yeah. That said, I think, Richard, you mentioned this earlier in the interview that a lot of people, especially younger people, come out of college. They may, they see these things on Instagram and they see the, you know, with the Lamb Lamborghinis and all these, you know, big mansions and everything. And they think, oh, this is a make money quick scheme or they think that they yeah. can make money quick doing this. And I think that it's, it's a shame that a lot of them probably do lose early on and then they probably give up because they just yeah. it wasn't what they expected. Yeah, I agree. And, and um, yeah, I think social media, there's there's a lot of great things with social media, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. There's a lot of incredible resources and people um, who approach it the right way and, and talk about risk and managing risk first and foremost. But there, there's a lot of people just showing, um, oh, I made $10,000 today. You can do this too if you just buy my course right here. Uh, people have to real recognize that um, one, it's percentage, it's not dollars. So $10,000 for one person can be a, 0.2% gain on a day. So it doesn't matter that that doesn't help you in any way seeing seeing and feeling bad that somebody made $10,000 $10,000 in a day because everything that matters is is your account and how you perform. Um so focusing on yourself is a little bit better way to approach it. Um but I think people have to recognize that it's going to take a lot of work and and there are a lot of incredible courses that that provide a good um good kind of learning experience and 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 shorten your learning curve for sure. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there who, who are just kind of posting, um, I don't know, posting uh, P&L doesn't really help anybody in my view. It's it's just kind of, it's a lot of ego. It's not a lot of helpful. Um, I like people who share process over just kind of results, you know. Um, talk about your daily routine. How did you get that, that incredible daily return? Um, not just boasting about your daily return, you know. I think that that's why uh, you've blown up so much in the past two years. Like you're just giving out pure value, uh, like from everything that you've learned, having incredible guests, uh, like really uh, it's, it's inspiring. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I try hard. Um, yeah. I, I like the long form interviews too, because uh, YouTube, YouTube and, and social media in general is historically kind of, very short time span and TikToks, you swipe after 0.2 seconds looking at it. But um, yeah, the, the the interviews I do is is more hour, hour and a half length. And, and we really dive deep into people's process, mindset, background, the failures they did early on and how they changed things. So yeah, I hope to kind of counteract a little bit of that and and, and hopefully help people shorten their learning curves that way. Uh, would you mind sharing a little bit of, of your own process with us? 
Sure. What would you like to know? Um, so for you had mentioned weekend routine and that being sure. a uh, an important part for pretty much every champion that you've yeah. uh, interviewed. Uh, well, what's your weekend routine like? Sure. So no, that's a great question. So I post two weekend videos on my channel, my stock market outlook video and my weekly watches video. And those, those two videos are basically the culmination of my homework for the weekend. So I'm just kind of sharing my process. Um, everything starts for me with keeping track of the market leaders of the current day. So uh, this doesn't happen only on the weekend. I kind of add stocks to lists during the week if they break out of sound bases and are acting strong. Um, but that list, my fir the first thing I do each weekend is go through that list. How did each one perform that week? Um, are they acting well? Are they pulling back on below average volume? If they are pulling back, are they holding above key moving averages that I use? And basically getting a sense of how the leading stocks in the market are doing. Uh, then I also go ahead and take a look at the market indexes and basically look at the same thing. Are they showing signs of distribution, accumulation? Are they trending above key moving averages? Are they breaking out of sound bases or are they doing the opposite? Are they, are, do they look like they're kind of rolling over? Are they super extended from a base breakout? So um, everything starts for me with that, um, with that kind of market outlook and, and get a general sense of the market conditions. I also look about um, how my recent trades have done and have I been stopped out of the past three trades? Well, that gives me information that maybe I should take a step back, lower my position size and, and uh, relax a bit because maybe the market um, just isn't working right now for my particular style, my, my setups that I prefer. And after I've determined basically the market um, conditions that way, I go through, analyze my focus list from the previous week, that my setups that I determined and go through and, and talk about Oh, how I how I would have basically entered this if I didn't enter it, or if I did, I talk about that as well. And then I go through sentiments, uh, the IBD big picture article, which is a great resource for a quick re recap, basically of the week's action. And then I end everything with the GMI signal, which is basically from Doctor Wish. He has his own proprietary uh, six conditions that basically he uses to analyze the health of the market. So if it's a six out of six, the GMI score, that's a pretty good healthy market that's trending nicely. Breakouts are working, but if it's a two out of six, one out of six for two straight days, that overall GMI signal might switch from green to red. So um, that's kind of my market outlook video. Uh, then for my weekly watch list, which is the second part of my weekend routine, I basically have my scans in MarketSmith that I come up with about, about a list of 400, 500 charts. And then I take that from MarketSmith and paste that in, into TC2000, go through setups, um, just pan through pretty quickly and flag any ones that I think are a little bit interesting. And I, I may be, maybe they're potential market leaders, they're trending nicely and I'll flag those. Or if they're potentially set up for next week, I'll also flag those and take that 500, 400 star, stock charts and summarize it and, and put it into a separate watch list called my focus list. Uh, well, actually my universe list, that's about 100 names. Then in those 100 names, I go through each of those in MarketSmith, looking at the fundamentals, technicals, all of that and come up with um, around 15 names that that is my focus list for the next week. Uh, so that this way, I basically stay in tune with the market conditions um, by going through all those leaders, the market, as well as just going through those 500, 500 charts, because that really gives you a great sense of um, <clears throat> how the market is doing. And then I also have my my setups ready for the next, the next uh, week, basically, with um, potential buy points, pivot points, 
Um, I know how much I'll risk on any given trade, all of that really important stuff. So that's kind of the routine I've developed and I'm always kind of tweaking it, adding stuff once I interview somebody and he mentions something really great and um, yeah, basically incorporating it into my own, my own process. And that, that's fantastic. Uh, process is very similar. Um, but I'm curious to, to hear when does a leader stop being a leader uh, right. uh, by your definition? <clears throat> yeah, that's a great question. So I operate kind of base to base a little bit. That's kind of my time frame. So what that means is a, a stock will move up, break out from base, and then at some point it will break the key moving averages and start building a base. Um, depending the on your time frame. The averages that you're looking at again are, well, which yes. ones? Yeah, so I, I mostly look at the 10-day simple, the 21-day exponential, and the 50-day simple, and the 200-day simple. So base-to-base uh, -base stuff will, will trend around the 10 and 21, really. And then once it, when it starts to form a new base, it will pull back all the way to the 50, maybe maybe even undercut that, and then it might set up again. Um, but, but for me, I like to operate the in-between the bases trend. So I'm usually getting out when the stock breaks the 21 exponential moving average on volume. Um, and depending on your time frame, you might want to hold through that second base. If you've got, if you've got a nice cushion, that's just not kind of my area of expertise, my focus. So for me, um, if a stock sets back up another base, especially if it's still early stage, it can still 100% be a leader. It just has formed a base and often the overall market was correcting at the time as well. So for a former leader to, to not lead anymore, it has to seriously break moving averages like the 50-day simple on large distributed volume. And, um, and yeah, that, that's, the bet, that's the basic thing. It has to pull back hard enough uh, on large enough distribution, distribution basically to, to make the chart look broken and especially gap downs that, that really uh, nullifies, nullifies the chart for me. Very interesting. All right. Um, I want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to ask questions too. So everybody that, that's here live, if you haven't typed anything into the chat yet, like please go ahead uh, and do so now. Um, while we're waiting for, for other questions to come in, uh, before, uh, before we went live, you started to show us a little bit of something in, in TC2000. Um, yeah, do you want me to bring up a chart? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. Well, because uh, the market's kind of in a precarious spot right now. Well, curious to hear what some of your thoughts are. Sure. On, so on what we're seeing. this well, weekend, what's this? we've got uh, DocuSign. Yeah, this is DocuSign. So this is a this is a current leader in my view. It it pulled back um, nicely to the twenty one exponential and had some setups here, two to reversal through this high that you could have capitalized on. And then obviously you've got some ad points here. Uh, but in general, this weekend, I basically shifted to uh, uptrend under pressure along with IBD. Um, and this is because the indexes were pulling back pretty hard. Uh, former leaders were, were showing some distribution. And uh, this, this didn't look good, this picture. This is where Friday ended. We were breaking the 21 EMA, which is a little bit of a line of the sand. First time we had done that since breaking out of this base and moving up the right-hand side. And then we had a gap down. And this is where some potential leaders kind of decoupled from the indexes. And, and many actually had very strong days here off the open. And some, some even went red to green. So this is the first kind of supportive action here. And then we had really nice fall through today. So um, 
uptrend under pressure this weekend, maybe shifting back to up, up confirmed uptrend in my view here, but everything remains to be seen. We're still very early and this could just be a little bit of an oversold bounce. Uh, this close looks pretty promising so far. So uh, we'll see how everything changes. Um, but overall, let me uh, open up this right here. Um, I've got my potential leadership list. So this is also, I track this intraday and you guys can see this okay, right? Everything uh, looks good? Yeah, I see a potential new leadership section yeah. that you're scrolling right. through. Right. So these, this is my list, my running list of leaders. And, and I can just quickly see, are most of them green on the day, red on the day? How's the volume? So today, most of them are green on the day, showing nice fall through from yesterday, but there's not too much volume coming in. Um, so it's kind of, uh, I, I always go like price, price is the most important thing, but you want to see volume kind of adds emphasis and conviction to whatever's going on with the price. So Right now, some of them are bouncing nicely, but maybe on a little bit lower volume. So we might have to go sideways before they really break out. But really supportive action, like for instance, ASAN, this has been a leader, super strong breakout here. First pullback to 21 EMA, you can notice that um, the volume is below average, below even the 10 day. This is actually, I was looking at a weekly. So usually I have a 50 day here or even a 20 day moving average on volume. So this pullback, this sideways move, is kind of a drift back into the 21 EMA on lower volume. And then we have a really strong bar here, finishing at the high and going through this low. So potential oops reversal day, um, triggering through this low and then nice fall through today. So uh, this is acting well. A lot of the leaders acted well. Nice upside reversal bars yesterday and fall through today. Um, but the volume is a little bit low. So it remains to be seen really. But I, I, I'm... Basically, I, my my mind has shifted a little bit from uptrend to pressure back to confirmed uptrend. And uh, I think uh, things aren't looking as bleak as they did on Friday, for sure, is my view. Um, and the the largest leader that broke down last week was NVIDIA, which declined on three days of pretty high volume. But once again, it's been supported nicely off the 10-week area. If you go to a weekly chart here, this is a bounce off the 10-week, the first pullback to the 10-week after the breakout. And now we've got an inside day with a pretty good closing range on this on this day on Tuesday. So things things look pretty good, um, honestly. And and we'll see what we'll see basically how everything ends out the week. Yeah, very interesting. And DocuSign today, along with Domo, I think have had breakouts all time highs. So that looks pretty strong. And uh, let's bring up Domo as well. A nice breakout as well. Both of those were on my focus list this week. So uh, we'll see how those end up. Right. Yeah. Um, any, any questions about uh, what I've just kind of covered or anything in the chat as well? Happy to answer anything. Hmm. I have a question for you, uh, Richard. So um, sure. after uh, graduating from, I know you were going for engineering, like what actually made you realize that this is what you wanted to do and that you wanted to help teach? Like what was like that? switch for you um to make that big change yeah it's a big change um i think uh i was doing this part-time throughout the later years of of of, uh, of college and uh, i was super passionate always looked forward to making videos and this to me didn't feel like work at all and so i think if you can find something that that makes you feel that way uh, you should pursue that to your full, fullest potential and then um trail line has been a, a great opportunity for me a great group of guys i'm um, learning so much from ross and ray 
fantastic, fantastic traders in their own right. And being able to kind of help teach everybody, I think that's just a really rewarding thing. And, and um, I know, I know I would have liked somebody to, to reach out and help out to me and, and like Dr. Wish did and help me kind of short my learning curve. So that's what I'm really trying to do for, for other people now. Okay, great. We just had a question in from Dustin. He asked, uh, did you add any positions today? Uh, I did not. I've, I've been making be pretty busy making videos today, so I, I haven't gotten the chance too much. But um, yesterday on the Oops Reversal, um, that was that was the prime setup for me um, on a couple of these names. Um, I'm curious. Uh, well, what's your average stop loss? My average stop loss uh, is about um, my average loss is about three and a half percent. My average stop loss is usually, it's usually at the low of the day when I enter a position. So I like to have that, um, max 5%, but, um, mm. max 5% as little as possible, ideally. And on some of these oops reversals, like we had on Domo yesterday, I didn't enter this one. Uh, but if you entered there, you've got a, about one and a half percent stop at the low of the day. So that's a pretty good risk reward setup. Uh, when a stock has just kind of gone, gone sideways when the overall market has pulled back pretty hard. I love that name, the Oops Reversal. Oops Reversal, yeah. That, that's <laughs> not that's not my setup. Um, I've learned that from Ticker Monkey, and and I don't think even they developed. I, I think uh, some somebody else invented that. But basically, it's when you've got a gap down below the prior day's low, and then you have a quick move back up through that low. That that's what an Oops Reversal is. And and often when the over, when we've when we've declined for a few days and then have an Oops Reversal, that's a pretty good low risk high reward setup. Uh, within the context of an overall strong chart pattern like we had with Domo. So what's the entry on the oops reversal? It is right through this low. Uh, so when it, it gaps down and then when it reclaims the prior day's low, uh, that's the, the entry point. Yep. And if you even want to go into an intraday chart to, a, to basically a five, 15 minute chart, you might, you could use kind of an opening range breakout that should trigger pretty close to that low as well. So the, there's so many different ways to do it. Um, but yeah, on, on a daily chart, the the point is the low. That That's when you want to get in as close to that as possible. And um, I like it when you've only got kind of a one, 2% risk. If it's if it's already come up 8%, 9%, it's a little bit short-term extended on the day. So really you want to use an intraday setup if you're going to play that on, a, on that type of setup. Got it. And I mean, this this was all over yesterday. I mean, Net had one. Um, this risk was one two percent. Uh, I mean, if you just go down this list, a lot of them, a lot of stocks gapped down yesterday and then had really strong moves off the open. Uh, Shopify had one through this low here. Um, Nvidia did as well. So here, if your entry is here, I mean, it, even though it's pulled back today, it never touched your cost. So it's a pretty good low risk high reward setup, especially with the confluence of it being the first pullback to the 10 week moving average. I always like using these kind of tactics within the context of a really strong stock um, in a decent market. And um, with, with of course, those canceled characteristics, high earnings, sales, all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the questions just asked, uh, do you have a trigger alert for that in, in the program you're using the TC2000? I don't have a trigger alert, but I'll, I'll be setting, so what I'll do, let me let me move the zoom screen just a little bit, is below before the open, I'll set alerts just below um, this this low, so I can set alert right in TC two thousand, 
and uh, basically it will notify me with a alert notification when when it goes to that low and of course i'll have my focus list of of names i'm watching pretty closely here and within this column setup i've basically got a column setup that that shows me when oops reversals have happened so there, there's none today in this focus list let's see if there's any here um there it looks like there's one today let's go ahead to that one so these might not be great steps because this is just my overall universe list of, of 300 names, but um, we've got Riot, which had an oops reversal gap down, then moved all the way back up through that low. So that's why there's an arrow here um, or a check mark here. But the, the columns and everything in T2000 are, are super useful. I, I, I'm a coder as well, so I, I, I really uh, get a kick out of making these, especially if they help my process. Right. We have a question from Brendan. He says, in regards to mindset, let's say you have a bad run and things just aren't going your way. How long until you take a step back and for how long would you take a break for? Uh, is that when you do the axe throwing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Axe throwing, good way to de-stress for sure. Um, I think uh, I would start scaling back a little bit if three, kind of three out of my last five trades have, have hit my stop and, and we're seeing distribution in the market. Um, that confluence of stuff would take me to say, hey, the market's not quite right. Uh, setups aren't following through how I like it. Time to scale back and and just put on kind of test trades if that happens. And and yeah, if if you've experienced a couple, a few bad trades in a row, um, yeah, go, go ahead and do something outside that you enjoy, whether it's running soccer, basketball, baseball, whatever. Uh, go go do something away from the markets and, and get your mind right before uh, coming back and focusing on this. I think that's really important. Um, to follow up, uh, follow on on that one, uh, how many trades do you typically have open at any one time? Right. So my usual full, um, a full position for me is usually 10 to 15%. Um, well, my, my max could be 18%. So usually I have about um, eight to 10 names on at any given time, six, six to 10 names at any given time. Yeah. Six to 10. Yeah. So if half of the names get stopped out, then that means that you're moving to uh, a, a smaller size. Yeah, that, that's correct. And okay. um, yeah, and, and my first buy might not, might not always be a full position. I might not go to a full position right away, depending on how the market environment is. If my recent trades have done well, I'll go to that full position. But um, if, if the market's kind of iffy and my recent trades haven't worked, I'll start with a quarter position, half position, just... You don't have to push it when 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 things aren't going well for you. You can always scale back. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Julio asked, um, he's not sure if you answered this already, but um, do you ever short any stocks? If not, um, do or are you just out of the market on the downtrends? Yeah, so I, I don't do any shorting. It's not really my game. Uh, most of the time, the market's in a nice uptrend. And uh, as an optimist, I like to be focusing on going long stocks. Uh, I think there there's incredible opportunity in, in shorting. It's just not really my focus. And yeah, I'd I'd rather be in cash when the market is um, isn't great, especially if we're in a downtrend like like in uh, during this period, this period here. I, I'm in cash, as, especially as as the market starts trending below a declining twenty one and fifty SMA. That that's a point where I'm usually fully in cash and just keeping a list every day of stocks that are trying to kind of fight the overall market downtrend and, and could be the potential leaders in the next, next uptrend. You remind me of Jim. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I've learned a lot from Jim, uh, Jim Ropel. He's a great dude for sure. Absolutely. 
Okay, looks like we have uh, two questions from Iago. The first one um, he asks is, do you use any fundamentalist indicators in the analysis? And he also asked um, if you could talk a little bit about how your positions behaved in the 2020 crash. Sure, so for fundamentals, I'm looking for um, the, the canceling characteristics, really strong quarterly earnings reports, um, annual estimates. If those are up or over 100%, that's ideal. I'm looking for great return equity over 17, 18%. I'm looking for margins being strong. Um, over on the right side of MarketSmith, I always look for increasing institutional sponsorship and two or three high quality um, funds based on their criteria. That that's that's a bonus as well. So really, I follow the can slim characteristics for for my fundamentals. Um, as for the 2020 correction, um, I I don't quite remember what I had, but. Basically, all of them started acting well and getting just uh, acting badly and breaking key moving averages on volume. I think I, I may I had DocuSign there and and Nvidia I think and and they just they were just weren't acting well and and I basically got stopped out um, from my raise stop. So I I was out pretty much um, for most of my positions on he, on this day and I think I had one left on this day got taken out. So I did I did fall back quite a bit from my all time highs. Um, but I protected myself during this downtrend and, and got back in close to the fall through day on the uptrend. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're taught in, in uh, the cancel methodology is you're not going to get the high, you're not going to get the low, but if you can get um, the majority uptrend and get out of the majority of the downtrend, you can do very, very well and protect your overall portfolio uh, during those very volatile periods where just, just there's a lot of emotion in this charts. There, there's no real bid, there's no support from institutions but once once things start to turn around and stocks start setting up within bases that's that's when you want to start trying things and and uh buy the leaders breaking out to all-time highs when the market is still 20 percent 18 percent off its highs okay mike i'm going to hand it back to you all right uh richard having learned and continuing to uh, study so much. Uh, again, uh, like uh, it's super inspiring what you're doing. Uh, I'm curious to hear what are one or two big things that have that that you've seen uh, improve uh, in yourself and in your trading uh, over the past twelve months. I think uh, stay out power a little bit. Um, stay out power. Yeah, stay out power. That? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, um, the. During this entire period where we, we were just chopping around a lot, I mean, there wasn't much working. A lot of growth stocks that had been the leaders were pulling back hard, making five, six month bases. And um, the, the best thing I did there was, was getting out early and um, following my rules. And I did try and get chopped up a little bit on smaller than average positions. But for the most part, I did pretty well at limiting my damage during this period. Um, the second thing over this 12 months, I think is something I learned from Jim Ropel, which is really focusing on the leaders and focusing on the highest potential stocks with the greatest earnings, sales, margins, all of that, the greatest story and in combination with the greatest chart pattern presented. So yeah, I, I think those are two important things I've learned. I'm still, I'm still learning them. I'm, I'm still working on them for sure. Uh, but those are two really important things that I've been working on personally, uh, this year and the, and the past 12 months or so. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, Richard, uh, I don't want to take up too much uh, of your time, but um, tell us uh, where 
Uh, where is uh, some of the best spots to find you? Uh, I'm sure that uh, <laughs> for, for the two or three people that are watching there, they uh, don't know where to find you yet. Where, where are some of the best spots to find you? Sure. So um, I'm very active on Twitter. You can find me at, at Richard Moglen and uh, Moglen is spelled M-O-G-L-E-N. Um, you can find me there. Just just search me in the in in the bar there. Um, I'm also super active on YouTube. You can once again search my name, Richard Moglin, and also go ahead and check out the Cherry Line channel. I post videos there as well um, in collaboration with Ross Haber, former William O'Neill portfolio manager, um, Ray, fantastic swing trader as well, who's killing it this year. Um, so yeah, my channel on YouTube, the Trailer Line channel, as well as my Twitter is probably the base, best place to, uh, to interact with me. And I, I welcome any questions you have. Um, I'll try to answer it to the, to the best of my ability or find somebody else, um, somebody I know who, who can answer it as well. So um, yeah, go ahead and, and uh, check me out. And um, yeah, hope, hope it helps your process. Uh, absolutely. Do you have, are there any other closing thoughts for somebody that, that's new, getting started, uh, well, what now? Uh, what bit of advice do you have for for those people? That's a great question. I, I always ask that as well. Um, for for closing remarks, I would say um, I'm just going to echo Jim Ropel is um, be optimistic. Always be working hard. Being be ready for whatever can happen. Um, and there's always going to be new and innovative companies coming out every year uh, with the potential to to change the world and also appreciate dramatically in price. So uh, keep an eye keep an eye on those emerging leaders and try to capitalize them as much as possible. Um, and yeah, the, the last thing I would say is have a written rule set down of buy and sell rules um, because I think that's 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 the first step to being prepared in the market and approaching this as a professional and as a business um, instead of really an amateur. Have a written set of buy and sell rules and then every weekend do that routine, put in the work and um, basically set up your buys and sells in advance if stocks set up like like you want them to. So yeah, I, I think that's that's how it ended. Richard, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to be with us today. Um, anybody, everybody that, that's here, thank you for joining us and uh, look forward to, to staying in touch. Yeah, for sure. And, and thank you and, and Melissa for having me on it. It's been fun. Thank you so much, Richard. Uh, keep inspiring, keep uh, teaching, and uh, I'm wishing you much success with all you do in, your, in the future. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Take care, Richard. Take care, everybody. Bye.